Hey guys, this is Chelsea Eithoven and you're listening to Vibrancy Radio. I spent the better part of two decades in pursuit of shrinking my body, but diet after diet, I still never felt enough. And I don't know about you, but the last word I would use to describe myself while on a diet is vibrant. After becoming a certified health and nutrition coach, I finally dropped the diets, learned to trust my body again, and rediscovered the vibrancy that was within me all along. And now I help women like you do the same. Vibrancy Radio is your new go-to resource for science-backed nutritional knowledge, major mindset shifts, and body image breakthroughs. So if you're ready to stop feeling so dang stressed about food all the time and start focusing on all the things that make you unique and vibrant, then welcome to the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to Vibrancy Radio, or welcome back. I am Chelsea Eithoven, and let's just dive right in today. No formalities, no funny business. Let's just get into it. Okay, so the thing that I'm loving this week, (laughs) if you're new, this is the part where I tell you something completely random that I am loving this week. And as I thought about it, it's probably I like doing this because in part my ADHD makes me obsess over random things for short periods of time. So I do feel like every week there's something super random that I'm really excited about. And number two, I just want to share with you all the things that are helpful or enjoyable for my life, and it might be for you as well. So I'm going to share with you this week's, and this week's is pretty random, maybe not even so helpful, but more so just enjoyable and maybe a little bougie. But this week's thing that I am loving is glass straws. (laughs) So I got a pack off of Amazon and I know that sounds so weird and random, but I used to have metal straws and I'll be honest, I don't love the metal straws, but they were the only, you know, reusable straws that I could find for the longest time. But the problem with those is, first of all, they were kind of really thin and I didn't really love that. And they also, because they're metal, they, if you're drinking something cold, the straw gets super, super, super cold. And if you're drinking something hot, it gets super, super, super hot. And I don't know, they're just so loud. If you move one millimeter, it like clangs and it's just, it's just a lot. There was a lot. So I got a pack of glass straws off Amazon and I have been enjoying them so much. So I don't know if that's a weird sensory thing or what it is, but I just wanted to share that with you, as random as it is. (laughs) And I'll go ahead and link uh, those in the show notes for you, the ones that I got, in case you are interested and that does sound exciting to you. (laughs) So moving on, let's dive into the topic for today. So today we're going to be discussing the connection between ADHD and overeating. So As you know, or you may know, I have recently been diagnosed with ADHD. If you're listening in current time, which is March of 2021, then I was diagnosed in February. 
And if you want to hear that full story, you want to know what my symptoms were, how diagnosis goes, all that good stuff in detail, then I would go back to the previous two episodes. One of them is titled Adult ADHD, something about adult ADHD and women. I can never remember the titles. And the other one is titled something about ADHD diagnosis and the process. So if you're curious about those, go back and listen. Those will be really helpful for background information. But so yes, I was recently diagnosed with ADHD. And as you also know, I'm a health and nutrition coach. So naturally, something I have been really curious to explore a little bit further is how ADHD affects eating and how it affects all of our other health habits. But particularly, I started with eating, of course, being a health and nutrition coach. So as I, what led me to this career is the fact that I lived my entire life with struggles with eating and weight in my relationship with food. And as most people have as an experience, if you struggle with something most of your life, a lot of times we grow up and we want to go into that career so that we can kind of, we can help other people who have been through what we've been through, right? And that is true for me as well. So I explored, I struggled my entire life with eating and weight. So with this new diagnosis, I'm just trying to explore and figure out how ADHD fits into the context of struggles with eating. And I was pretty surprised with what I found. So with my research that I've done so far, I found that ADHD is indeed linked to Number one, higher instances of obesity. A person with ADHD is five times more likely to be obese than somebody who does not have ADHD, as well as ADHD is correlated with higher rates of eating disorders, particularly binge eating and bulimia. So essentially instances of overeating, meaning eating when you're not hungry or struggling to stop eating when you're full are much more likely in the person with ADHD than the person without. And I found this so interesting because, of course, these are the exact things that I struggled with throughout my entire life up until recently, right? And things that I've spent most of my career as a health and nutrition coach searching out solutions for and things that I've both learned how to help myself with and my clients. So overeating, eating when you're not hungry, just the constant desire for food, even when your body doesn't physically need food, is, like I said, something I've struggled with and what I've really dedicated my career to helping people understand and work through. Now, while I have found strategies that have helped and decreased the instances of me doing these things, in my case, it had never really fully gone away. And that really, really bothered me. I genuinely took this on as a personal failing. I mean, can you even imagine a health and wellness and nutrition coach that still sometimes has trouble controlling her eating? Like, shouldn't I have that problem solved by now? These are all these shameful thoughts that I would have in my head. And learning that ADHD is in fact correlated with overeating has been kind of mind-blowing and just very interesting. So you'll imagine my surprise (laughs) when I got this diagnosis and started to understand that my struggles with eating do, in fact, in part, have a root cause. And it's not just my own moral 
failing. And I do want to take a moment here to say I am like, I am an answer seeker and I'm a reason seeker. So I love finding reasons for why something in my life hasn't gone exactly the way I expected it to or hoped it to. And this is a very human thing. We like to find reasons. We like to understand the why behind something. So we'll seek out reasons. However, so I found out that this is indeed a reason why or an explanation for some of my instances of overeating or or eating when I'm not hungry. But I want to take a moment here to talk about the difference between an explanation and an excuse. And I think this is really huge because the difference is that an explanation, finding an explanation for my overeating, that comes with responsibility. And an excuse does not. So I want to clarify this because I think some of us feel like we, you know, we may feel guilty for using our ADHD as an excuse or telling people that we have ADHD or whatever it may be. Or you may be on the opposite end of that where you are just kind of using your ADHD and saying, well, of course, that's why I, you know, I can't do this is because I have ADHD. So let's talk about the difference between these two and and which one is more empowering. Absolutely everything in our life is our personal responsibility, regardless of what hands, hand of cards we are dealt. So, you know, I won't say absolutely everything in our life is our personal responsibility, but the things that we can personally control are our personal responsibility to decide how we control them. So let's take a look at explanation versus excuse in ADHD eating struggle, eating struggles. So if I looked at this as an excuse, Okay, I might be thinking, oh, well, of course, this is why I can't ever reach my health and fitness goals. And then whenever I feel negative emotions about the fact that I'm not reaching these goals, right, I'm sad, I'm disappointed, whatever, I would probably reach to that for kind of a defense mechanism when talking to other people. So it might sound like, oh, well, I have ADHD. I don't really have impulse control. So you know, it'd it'd be impossible for me to reach my goals or to look like that person or et cetera, et cetera. And that's not really empowering, right? In fact, it's very disempowering. It's just saying like, I don't have any control over this part of my life. And in my opinion, that is what makes the difference between an excuse and an explanation, right? This is an excuse. The cycle of disappointment followed by that self-soothing with the excuse, like making yourself feel better because you're telling yourself it's not your fault, that just kind of goes round and round and round and you never get anywhere new, right? Now, an explanation, on the other hand, might sound like this. Like you might find out that ADHD and overeating are correlated. And how that might sound if you're using this as an explanation, you might say, wow, now that I have a deeper understanding of the why behind my struggles with eating my entire life, it's that is so nice to kind of understand why. It feels good to know. It's not just the fact that I have zero self-control or quote unquote willpower, as people say. Now, if I do want to continue and move forward and reach my health and fitness goals, or at least improve my nutrition and change some of these things, I now have a responsibility to understand this a little bit deeper and find some solutions that work specifically for me or resources and people to help me. It may be a little bit more difficult for me than other people, but that doesn't make it impossible. 
Can you see that slight difference in the excuse and the explanation? The only difference is taking on personal responsibility. And I wanted to share that with you because I think it's the difference between, you know, feeling feeling disempowered and feeling empowered. And if you do have ADHD, you may have heard Kristen Carter's podcast I have ADHD. If you haven't, it's a great listen. She has an episode where she talks about giving yourself pardons. And I will go ahead and link that in the show notes for you and so that you can give that a listen as well. Or you can just go find her podcast and binge it because that's what I did when I found out I had ADHD. But you can give yourself a pardon for your past mistakes and not hold on to that guilt forever, right? And then move forward with this newfound sense of responsibility. Now, I say all this to say you have the choice to decide. If you're listening to this right now and you both have ADHD and you struggle with overeating, if you want, you have the option to use your diagnosis as an excuse or as an explanation. And I want to empower you to choose the latter because, yes, it comes with more responsibility and more work and it's a little bit harder, but it also comes with more fulfillment and more likelihood in the change, a change in your future that you desire, right? It just may look a little bit different than there's hope that you can actually reach your goals. So that responsibility comes with hope. And you will be able to reach your goals. It may look a little bit different than someone who is neurotypical or has a regular brain, right? But that doesn't mean it's impossible for you. (laughs) So that was kind of a long tangent to explain the difference between an explanation and an excuse. But I thought it was important to start out because because I just think it's it's really key if we ever want to make a change to understand which pattern we more frequently fall into, and then we get to consciously make the decision which one we want to choose moving forward. So now that we've covered that little tangent, let's talk about why overeating is so prevalent in ADHD, because I'm a big proponent of understanding the why. And this will be a two-part episode. This is just part one of two. And in the second episode, I will give you three takeaway tips how to work with this, some things that might be able to help counteract overeating if it's something you're struggling with. Now, why just three tips, right? Because honestly, I could give you like a million takeaway tips. I'm going to constrain and just give you three. And I could give you a million because this is my wheelhouse. Like I said, I have... I have studied this, I have taught this, I have helped people work through this, I've worked through it myself, and I wanna give you all the tips, but I'm only going to give you three because I know you, and if you're listening to this and you have ADHD, then it is way too overwhelming if you get a million tips, right? You're not gonna end up implementing any of them. If I give you three, then maybe you have a chance of implementing one of them. And one is better than zero. And truthfully, one is all you need to make a difference, right? And get the ball rolling. So that will be part two. And also, I'm not going to cover all of the reasons that we overeat as ADHDers and also all of the solutions because this is such a multifaceted subject. And ADHDers really can't all be lumped into the same category. Although we have a lot of similarities, there are different barriers for different people. So 
Let's just start by talking about three huge reasons that ADHDers have more frequent instances of overeating than non-ADHDers. All right, number one, dopamine. (laughs) So of course, we gotta talk about the little guy named dopamine. And if you have ADHD and you've done any level of research, I'm sure you've heard this before and you understand this deeply. But if you have not, then this is This is key, okay? You're going to want to listen up right now because this is super important. So dopamine is a neurotransmitter in our brain that plays a role in how we feel pleasure and satisfaction. When we get a hit of dopamine, it feels like a reward in our brain. And then we want more of whatever the thing was that just gave us the reward. So dopamine gives us a reward and then it makes us kind of crave more. We're like more, more, more. That's what dopamine does. So people with ADHD are deficient in dopamine production. So we do not have as much dopamine as other people and as well as the fact that it doesn't transmit in our brains the same way. So we don't get that satisfaction that other people do out of these rewards. So This basically means that we are dopamine-seeking monsters. Our brains are dopamine-starving and constantly looking for more all the time. And this is one way to explain why we're kind of constantly looking for stimulation or moving on to something new, right? When something is no longer new and exciting, we don't get that dopamine hit anymore. So that's when we're kind of like, adios, and we're off seeking something else, right? Like, say hello to the millions of unfinished projects I have in my closets and unfinished posts on my Google Drive and and just like all kinds of things lurking everywhere, just unfinished. Yikes. But that's part of it. it. That's part of ADHD and understanding that and understanding why is that we have dopamine deficiency in our brain helps kind of explain this. Now, don't worry, I'm getting to food, promise. But we can get hits of dopamine in many, many different ways. And we all have those certain ways that are kind of our go-to, right? But one very common way to get a hit of that beloved dopamine is by eating. Eating brings us pleasure and reward. So it feels like a little reward in our brain. And it's that dopamine that we are so desperately trying to get all the time. And particularly carbohydrates and sugar, which is all carbohydrate. A lot of people with ADHD complain of being a quote unquote sugar addict or really only wanting carbohydrates or cravings, right? So sugar, carbs, highly processed foods, all of those things because we are constantly seeking dopamine are really difficult to resist. Or it might be what our brain kind of fixates on when we want some dopamine because those things bring us max stimulation. So that's like that boredom eating, right? Like boredom eating and just being like, ooh, I could totally go get a cookie from the pantry right now. Or it's just, we are so much more likely to fall into this trap. And while this is true for all people biologically, right? That these types of foods, carbs, sugar, highly processed foods are, they, they, lend themselves to making, to being more craveable and that we kind of tend to obsess over them, right? This is true for everybody, but it's even more people or even more true for people with ADHD because of that dopamine deficiency. 
So I just want to make a quick side note here because as you know, this podcast is I'm not changing my views on all foods fit. I don't think that that means that these foods are bad or you have to throw them all away and get them out of your house, right? But rather, we just need to learn some scaffolding and get some support to learn how to manage this better. And if we do want to feel more of a sense of control or and or ease and peace with our eating and our relationship to food, we've just got to learn how to manage these things and have some strategies in place, right? And of course, that's what we're going to be talking about in the next episode is some strategies if you do feel like you're just totally controlled by sugar and carbs and all the processed foods, right? So so that's that. So this, what I learned about this that we crave more basically because we are craving that dopamine and some of us just our go-to is food. This reminded me of a time a while ago that I did a poll on Instagram asking about how many people experience regular cravings, right? Because I assumed that all people pretty much struggled with nonstop cravings because for me, it was a nonstop struggle. And I was shocked when I looked at the results like 24 hours later, and there was such a small percentage of people that recorded that they struggled with cravings. Most people said, no, they don't struggle struggle with regular cravings. And I honestly was like, what on earth? I, I can't remember the exact amount, but it was somewhere probably between like 10 and 20% of people that said they, they struggled with cravings regularly. And I remember thinking like, this can't be correct. Like these people just didn't understand the question. I bet if I ask the question in a different way, I would get a different result. This can't be true. Like this is such a small percentage of people. They they don't struggle with cravings? What do you mean? You know, I was like, that can't be right. And I remember thinking that and Now I'm wondering, was that the fact that just like I didn't know that I had undiagnosed ADHD and that my dopamine monster of a brain is always seeking stimulation many times in the form of food, right? And that kind of led me to believe that everyone also struggled with this too. I kind of think it did. And I find that so, so interesting, right? Reflecting back, very interesting stuff. And I've also taken some time to talk to a lot of other women who have ADHD and have found across the board that they also struggle with cravings. And doing this research, now I can understand a little bit more why. So the number one reason or number one in terms of the order we're going in today is if you struggle with overeating and eating when you're not hungry and cravings, the number one reason is dopamine deficiency in your ADHD brain. The number two reason is impulsivity. So this is a hallmark characteristic of ADHD. Impulsivity is essentially the experience of act now and think later, right? You just do something before you think about it. And then afterwards, you're like, shoot, why did I do that? You know? So the prefrontal cortex is the part of the brain that is responsible for making decisions that will benefit our future, not just right now, right? So there's a separate part of the brain that is really focused on right now. And I actually have multiple podcasts on this because this is stuff that I, in the past, have gotten really deep in understanding and teaching in my program. So in my past programs. So 
I just find it's interesting that now I'm learning even more about the brain and specifically the ADHD brain. But the prefrontal cortex makes those decisions for our future. It can look ahead to the future and decide what we want most versus what we want right now. So if we're talking about context of food, right, you might say, you're, you might say, you know, I do want this donut right now, but also I said that I wasn't going to eat this because I'm trying to lose weight or I am, you know, reducing my sugar intake or this is going to benefit me in the future somehow, right? So the prefrontal cortex is the one that can make those educated decisions based off what you want in the future. And you might have guessed it, but in the brains of those with ADHD, there is less activity in the prefrontal cortex. This is what causes that impulsivity. We're not really thinking about the future most of the time when we're making decisions. We're making decisions on a whim. We're not thinking about how it will later affect us, right? And how many times, I want, I'm curious, how many times have you overate, like ate weight past fullness or ate something that you just didn't really plan to eat or like that you didn't really want to eat and then later kind of be like, OMG, why the heck did I just do that, right? If you're a normal human, this definitely happens from time to time, right? And if you have ADHD, this likely happens, well, honestly, kind of all the time, unless you know about it and are actively putting strategies in place to counteract it because we have we have less less activity in our prefrontal cortex we're just not as predisposed to think about think about our future as much we're really just thinking about now and they do say this about ADHDers i've heard this a lot that we have two times there's now and there's not now <laughs> and we're really just kind of focused on the now right so i think that can totally contribute to the fact that if a food is in front of you or you know you're just going to go for whatever looks best in the moment or what is right there and you're not really going to think about what you want most also with adhd our memories are infamously poor right we do not have great memories so we quite literally forget our goals and when the cupcake is right in front of us or whatever we forget what we're what we're trying to work towards and then later we remember and we're like why did i do that right we remember our goals and then we beat ourselves up because we're like why the heck did i do that that's completely against what i wanted in the long run and neurotypical people will not understand this. It's like they, they can't understand this. There's no way to understand this because our brains are just different, right? So I wouldn't even, you know, waste your time trying to get somebody to understand it. That probably cannot. But, I, you know, <laughs> I get it. I get it. And I've done this many times. And it's just an interesting phenomenon. And it can be quite frustrating as well. So that's reason number two that we can struggle with overeating. Uh, and reason number three that people with ADHD might struggle with overeating is inattention. Of course, it's inattention. So staying focused is obviously quite difficult with ADHD, right? This is also true, not just when we're trying to work or read or anything like that, have a conversation. It's also true when we're trying to eat, 
And as we all know, when we tune out to what we're eating, we can't as easily recognize those satisfaction cues. So when our stomach is physically satisfied and also when our brain is satisfied and had enough of the tastes we're eating. So the the cues are there, but we're just not paying attention to them because we're paying attention to something else already. So that could be something in the our, our outside world, right? Like we're watching a show or we're listening to a podcast while we eat or something like that. But even if we have zero distractions in front of us, we could still be being distracted from the experience of eating just because we're distracted by our own thoughts, right? We're eating, but we're thinking about the meeting we have tomorrow. We're trying to remember if we took out the laundry from the wash, or we're trying to remember what that person said earlier that we had to remember and we can't remember what it is. And like, right? So all these thoughts are going on. Meanwhile, we're eating and we're not paying attention to it. So that means that it's easy for us to kind of miss those fullness cues and keep eating right past them, right? Just blow right by them until we're like uncomfortably full. So this plus the continual seeking of dopamine, right? Like your your brain is kind of like, ooh, this food is delicious. I want more of this. Eat more, eat more to keep getting that reward. The, the inattention plus the impulsivity plus the seeking of dopamine is pretty much a recipe for overeating, right? And again, for the purposes of this episode, I'm defining overeating as eating when you're not hungry, eating past fullness, and basically just eating more calories than your body needs or is asking for because of a factor other than hunger, right? So in summary, people with ADHD struggle with overeating, higher rates of obesity and eating disorders like binge eating and bulimia, and they we are experiencing these things at a higher rate than the rest of the population because of, in part, three things, low dopamine levels, impulsivity, and inattention. And again, there are more things that are contributing to this, but these are three pretty major ones that I wanted to address in this episode. And of course, I'll be addressing more in future episodes, like our struggle to plan ahead for the future and trying to figure out regular meal prepping is a real struggle for a lot of people with ADHD. We'll talk about all that in the future, but I just wanted to go over these three main things. And again, this will be a two-part episode In the next episode, I'm going to share some possible solutions to these struggles with you. And I think that in itself deserves its own episode. And I'm also putting it into two episodes because before we dive into that, I want to give you just one tiny piece of homework. And if I dive right into the other solutions that are much more hands-on, This one, I think, could totally get skipped and like might just be jumped right over and you'll be like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. I did that. Let's move on. But I don't want you to do that. I want you to really think about this one because this one is big. So are you ready for your homework? You got your pen? You're going to write it down in your planner? (laughs) So your homework for this episode is to work on forgiving yourself. So we talked about the difference between an excuse and an explanation. And if you're choosing to go the route of explanation, just because you are going to take responsibility and now understand the explanation for your overeating or your difficulty in this area, 
that doesn't mean that you need to hold on to the guilt and shame that you may have due to your past or current body, your past or current eating habits, or your past or current relationship to food. Especially with the way that diet culture talks about food and fitness and health. It's portrayed that if we struggle to control our eating, or if our body doesn't look like all the ones that we see in magazines, right, then it is a moral failing on ourselves, right? We just don't have enough willpower. It's just an issue that we need to, quote unquote, try harder at, right? Oh my gosh, how annoying is that when you hear try harder, right? It's like so triggering. It's like, how? How do I try harder? This is just, it's, this is such a nuanced subject. And ADHD and eating, like with so many moving parts and pieces, it's just so far from the truth that we just need to try harder, right? And really in general for anyone, it's just not true that if you're trying to lose weight or eat better or improve your health or improve your nutrition, most of the time you don't need to just try harder, especially if you throw in ADHD in there. It's just another thing to be kind of misunderstood and therefore shamed because again, the easiest answer is always just try harder. P.S., that is literally the worst advice you could give to an adhd or probably anyone. So if you are the loved one of someone with an ADHD, uh, ADHD brain, just avoid that phrase, okay? We are trying our hardest. It just looks a little different than what your hardest looks like, okay? So I want you to take time to realize that up until now, you might not have known that this diagnosis was affecting your eating, or you might not have known how to deal with it. And I like to think that most humans are trying their best with the information and resources they have, and that when we know better, we will indeed do better. I, you might call me like a hopeless romantic or, you know, I have my rose-colored glasses on, but I like to see the best in people. It just feels better. And most of the time, if you're looking for the good in someone, you can find it. And I do believe that you are doing the best you can right now. And I'm going to try to provide you with some tools and and resources and, and concepts that are specific to your beautiful ADHD brain for improving these struggles moving forward, okay? But until then, I just want you to work on this little piece of homework. Forgive yourself and release the guilt for whenever you are in your, your, you know, for wherever you are in your relationship to food or what your physical body looks like currently. Now, I know that can sound so fluffy, right? And be like, okay, cool. Thanks for telling me to forgive myself, but how do I do that? Does that drive you crazy when people do that? It drives me crazy when people say that, right? Like, just think more positively. I don't know how to do that, (laughs) right? Like a lot of times we need step-by-step tools. So I'm gonna give that to you as well, just something really simple. So how this can look practically is, first of all, if you've been having self-deprecating thoughts thoughts about your body and your eating habits for years and years and years, this is going to take some time and a lot of practice, right? But I'm still going to give you this tool anyways and just realize it might take some time to be able to actually do this. So every time you think a thought that makes you feel an icky feeling about your body or, or your food that you're eating or your habits, right? So an icky feeling like guilt, shame, embarrassment, First, I just want you to practice noticing it. 
And that sounds weird, but a lot of times we don't even notice our thoughts whizzing by inside our head. We have so many a day, we don't notice it, right? But we just get this icky feeling and we don't really even recognize why. And I don't know if this is an ADHD thing, but this happens to me a lot. I will have a thought that gives me an icky feeling and I will forget the thought, but the icky feeling will still be lingering about, right? Like I'll have forgotten something and I'll feel some shame about it. And I'll forget what it was, but the feeling is still lingering. And I'm like, what was I thinking that made me feel this way? Because I want to get rid of this feeling and I can't get rid of this feeling if I don't know how to pinpoint what started it. I don't know. Is that an ADHD thing or not? I'm just curious. So when you are eventually able to notice the thought, right, which in itself will take some time, then you're going to practice gently redirecting to a thought that feels better and produces a slightly more positive emotion. So what this might sound like practically, an idea, right, that this can sound like is you have a thought about something you just ate or you have a thought about what your body looks like or something like that. And your first response, your first response is to shame yourself, right? So you do that (laughs) and then you notice it. You're like, oh shoot, yeah, I just shamed myself for this thing that I just ate or you know, for giving into my impulsivity. And then you're going to think something else that feels slightly better. So that thought might be, I'm doing the best that I can in this moment. This is the best that I can right now. Or one of my favorites that I use all the time, a thought that I I repeat over and over again, is that I am always on the right path. Even if it doesn't feel right right now, I'm learning something valuable. And it kind of puts those hard feelings in perspective. Even if I I don't feel like I'm on the right path, well, I am learning something right now about myself and noticing something about myself that in the future can help me maybe make a better choice. I'm learning about myself and that is important. So I hope I explained that well enough. (laughs) We will go more in future episodes in depth on on noticing, recognizing thoughts and shifting them, right? But just try and think of something that feels slightly better that you can believe. So your homework to recap is to start noticing those negative thoughts about food and body that you have and start gently redirecting them into something slightly more positive. Now, I hope you found value in this episode, and if you did, I would appreciate it so much if you would take the time to leave me a rating and or a review, because if you do that, not only will it help other ADHDers find this podcast, but hopefully it can help them with some of their struggles too, and... And yeah, I just appreciate you being here so much. And if you leave a rating review, thank you so much. As always, come find me on Instagram at Bright Light Chels in the meantime so that we can kind of hang between episodes. And I will see you back here next week on Vibrancy Radio for part two of the connection between ADHD and overeating. <laughs> <laughs>